Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us, Bill Crystal, the editor of the Weekly Standard. And Bill, it looks to me like you've even convinced the Washington Post that maybe Senator Hagel isn't the right guy for Secretary of Defense. It was nice to see their very strong editorial this morning, um, pointing out that Chuck Hagel is outside the mainstream, even of you know sort of moderate liberal Democratic types, and and that's what the Post is. The Post endorsed Barack Obama. I don't believe the Post is opposed to any of Senator uh, President Obama's. That was a Freudian slip, Senator Obama, but he is president <laughs> and reelected as president. Uh, president Obama's cabinet picks. I think the Post has endorsed them all basically. So it was quite striking to see them say uh, the truth, which is that. You know, Chuck Hagel on Iran, on Israel, on foreign and defense policies issues in general is out of the mainstream, really became a bitter opponent of U.S. Uh, power and authority in the world, really, I would say. A uh, bitter uh, enemy of uh, Israel. I don't think that's too strong a statement, actually. You know, when, when, and, and when you just look at what he, and also very weak on Iran, he, he didn't vote for sanctions when, you know, 80, 90, 95 senators were, were in support of tougher sanctions on Iran. So do we want him as Secretary of Defense for the next four years? I think the answer is no. And, and I didn't stress this in my editorial last week because I, I think it should be a policy debate, but I must say, someone who says, you know, the Jewish lobby is too right. powerful. Not the Israel lobby. That's, that's at least a point of view. I mean, sure. but the Jewish lobby, that, that's the phrase. That if a Republican president nominated a, uh, for, cabinet, for the cabinet, someone who would use the phrase the Jewish lobby in the last few years, that guy would be gone. He'd be finished. His, his nomination would have been withdrawn. Uh, the liberal media and the, and the Democratic Party establishment can keep Hegel alive a little longer, but I, I don't think it is appropriate to have a Secretary of Defense who goes around talking about the Jewish lobby. And in fact, it's so shocking that some people didn't believe it was actually said and, and suggested that you might have uh, taken words out of context, etc. Now we have the audio. We know that's true. And I wonder if a part of that isn't that people have decided, particularly the media, and it's frightening to me, that they've put partisanship over everything. And that every fight President Obama picks, they're just going to throw out the standards of journalism and reason in order to defend the president. And I think on Hegel, there's also a personal element of defending him, but they are, there are people there, and there's a substantial portion, I'd say, of the liberal media world and the mm-hmm. liberal political world. I, don't, I hope it's not a majority. I hope the Washington Post editorial page is, is more representative. But there are, there are people out there who they really want to teach Israel a lesson. They want right. to teach the neocons a lesson. They want to take America and power and prestige down a peg or two or three. And, and you know, whatever you think of Bob Gates, Leon Panetta, Hillary Clinton, some of the people who've been Tom Donald, the National Security Advisor, whatever you think of them on foreign policy, and God knows I'm willing to be critical of them, you know, they're not people who've spent the last 10 years just over and over again denigrating the possibility that U.S., uh, the use of U.S. force might do any good anywhere in the world, saying right. the surge was bound to fail, saying that Israel is, a more, in effect, more of a problem than, a, than an ally to, to us in the world, say, voting against sanctions on Iran. So with, Hegel appeals to an element of the left in a way that these more mainstream liberals, whom, whom you and I disagree with anyway, but in a way that these mainstream liberals don't, you know, and I think that's the kind of ferocity of the attempt to defend Hegel by certain people in the media uh, and uh, you know, they, they don't want, they want to try to make this mainstream. And that's why I actually think this is an important fight. I think it will really affect the character of the Obama administration's foreign and defense policy in the second term. Sure. You and I aren't going to like it that much, probably, if, you know, Michelle Flournoy or Ash Carter, two people who served in the Pentagon in Obama's first term, 
if some of those people like that become Secretary of Defense. But I think with Hegel, it takes on an edge where um, it really gets dangerous for the U.S. We well, you know uh, I always called John Huntsman the Republican for people who don't like Republicans, <laughs> and uh, Senator Hegel would be the Defense Secretary of America for people who don't really like America. And I think that's that, that's the parallel I put on that. I want to ask you about some other foreign policy news because as we're talking today, the the, the word is coming out of the report that the State Bar- that was done on behalf of the State Department regarding Benghazi, and astonishingly, Bill Crystal, the Obama administration has investigated the Obama administration, and they have found that nobody in the Obama administration should be held accountable for what happened during the Obama administration. I, 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 this may be breaking news for all of the history of, of American presidents. On the other hand, it seems like a pretty damning report on the substance, and um, that, I think, is the story for me. You know, some of us were very alarmed, unhappy, but, I mean, not happy is the understatement, uh, um, upset about what happened in Benghazi, thought it should be thoroughly investigated, both the what happened before in terms of the security and other failures, what happened that evening, and then what happened afterwards in terms of uh, Susan Rice and others misleading the American public. And remember how we were all attacked. I mean, you know, speaking of the Hegel attacks now, I mean, you know, horrible politicizing of a tragedy, totally irresponsible, people who don't know anything just jumping on the news and on the death of an ambassador. Romney was attacked so severely that unfortunately he backed off really from discussing Benghazi in the subsequent presidential debates uh, and on the campaign as a whole. And now it turns out, well, guess what? You know, they totally misled the American public for the two weeks after. There were issues that haven't been resolved about what happened that evening. We still haven't gotten a good timeline of what happened and who did what, when, how. And now it turns out, you know, terrible security intelligence failures by the State Department uh, over the months preceding Benghazi. So basically the critics were right. And, but there's another element here, and that is to have the uh, reports show these repeated failings. I mean, the notion that the uh, Obama administration, in particular Secretary Clinton, would say, well, we just have to rely on this unstable militia, this unguided, if you will, militia, this weak government, because otherwise it would either be an insult to the, you know, these, the nominal government of Libya or somehow would violate a treaty issue. Please, we're sending people into essentially a war zone and to say, well, we're going to make the decision to pretend that these guys are not in Benghazi, they're in Berlin. And then the consequences are four dead people. Nobody is being no, no one has a finger pointed at them saying that person simply can't have this power anymore. That person needs to move to another job. Nobody's going to be fired. No, that is that is pretty stunning. And again, you know what strikes me about that is look, there's a reasonable position that in some parts of the world you don't want to be flaunting or flouting, flaunting, I guess is the right word, um, you know, American military force, presence, etc. There's no need to have, you know, 100 armed Marines in uniform, perhaps, uh, outside the consulate or, or the embassy or the mission. Uh, but you still need to have adequate preparations, and maybe that's done with people in plain clothes, and maybe that's done with reliable locals that you've hired, supervised by serious people from the U.S., you know, I don't, so, so they, but this is very typical, I think, of the Obama administration, typical in a certain way of a, of a certain kind of liberal. You take what's not a crazy um, caution about just, you know, we shouldn't just, you know, send a thousand right. Marines in there because it's dangerous. And then they go wildly to the other extreme of you can't have a single mm-hmm. soldier. You can't have a single Marine. You can't have a single armed American, apparently, uh, what's up for the CIA guys, you know, at the annex, uh, who did come and rescue people from the uh, original mission and then, of course, got in the firefight themselves and, and weren't helped out. So, uh, yeah, I, I really agree that it's, it's pretty egregious the more you learn about it. Well, we hope that the lesson will be learned in that image that we haven't seen yet, but, but the people doing the report saw of the truckload of policemen driving away 
from the attack, the local right. Indian policeman. Uh, there's another uh, a news event today, the passing of uh, Judge Robert Bork. I know that you knew uh, uh, Judge Bork. Your thoughts, Bill Crystal? Yeah, I mean, he was a very good friend of my parents, and uh, I knew him you know, reasonably well, and uh, really a wonderful man. I mean, he was obviously a, a superb scholar, a judge, a public ser- principal public servant, uh, the subject of really outrageous attacks, obviously, when he was nominated for the Supreme Court, wrote two very important books after that, which I think were also a public service uh, to the country. But for me, you know, he was also a very witty somewhat acerbic, I'd say, um, uh, guy, kind of a really uh, one of these guys, uh, you know, a hard shell, but beneath it, uh, beneath that prickly exterior, exterior, uh, which was a fun prickly exterior in the sense that he'd argue with you and he'd challenge your assumptions about things. Really a, a very fine person, a, a wonderful husband and father, um, a very good friend, uh, really wide interest, too, kind of an old-fashioned intellect. You know, read everything right. from serious books of philosophy and uh, history to mystery novels and, and the like. So really a wonderful person and had a lot of very close friends here in Washington uh, who really miss him. Yeah, and it's tragic that uh, getting caught in a political fight with uh, Ted Kennedy, that uh, the Kennedy legacy is what res- will last for so many people uh, who get their news through the media yeah, I mean, I who are not familiar that, with the be, work I he did. Proud, I'm proud to be on the Bork side of that fight and not the Kennedy <laughs> side, as I'm sure you are. And you know what? We'll, we'll let history judge 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now who actually cared more about the country and who had a better analysis of what was good for the country and who was, frankly, a, a more impressive human being, Bob Bork or Ted Kennedy. And on that note, I get the opportunity, Bill Crystal, of wishing you a Merry Christmas and uh, have a Happy New Year. And we have more Weekly Standard uh, podcasts coming up, including a special treat. I urge everyone to be sure to check back before Christmas to weeklystandard.com for a podcast unlike any we've had thus far. I'm Michael Graham. This is the Weekly Standard Podcast.